Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. Follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. We are here after a White Sox win. The White Sox win 6-3 to three against the Cleveland Guardians in the fourth game of the series. And the Sox improved to 48-48 and 48 on the year. So they basically just come out exactly where they were heading into the series, uh, splitting this four-game set with the Cleveland Guardians. They are currently three and a half games back uh, behind the Minnesota Twins, who haven't finished up against Detroit, but they currently have the lead, so they should win that game. They're nine up 9-1 nine to one in the bottom of the ninth, so they should be at a four-game lead over the Sox and a three-game lead over the Guardians. Guardians are 48-46. and 46. Twins are 51-44. and 44. Herb, big win for the Sox, and they did it with the long ball. How are you feeling? Feeling really good. Finally, we attack Shane Bieber. That home run by Lurie Garcia early in the game actually matched their output against Shane Bieber for the whole season. The two runs there. That was good to see. And then you get the bonus of the three-run home run from A.J. Pollock. Awesome to see the offense showing up versus a tough opponent, a tough guy throughout their career. And Steven, our producer, says this six runs that they've scored off of Shane Bieber is the most they've ever scored off him in his career versus them. So yeah. that's good to see. Well, and it's shocking to see Safe Ferris say, gentlemen, ugh, no progress. I would say there's progress here. There's tons of progress. Uh, AJ Pollock smashing a homer is great to see. Leary Garcia uh, being beneficial off the bench is good to see because Josh Harrison is a better second baseman. So if Leary's going to provide any power, that's good to see. And Aloy, two home runs in the past two games, or I think it yeah. might be three games. Yeah. It, I don't know. If, no, is it? He hit one in the first game of the doubleheader, I believe, so, didn't he? Or Friday. Two in the last two days, two in the last three games. But that's great progress. It's great to see maybe, if Aloy Maybe he means homers. start of the series, we're still 500. Yeah, there's no problem. That, that's, yeah, that's but I look at it as when we came into the 19 games, we said, this is our time to strike. You didn't do like an ass-kickingly great versus these teams. You went 10-9 and nine versus Minnesota, Detroit, and Cleveland in that stretch. You didn't lose ground. You actually gained. You were down five and a half games before you started that series on July 4th. Now you're only, it's going to be four games behind Minnesota. You've gained ground. 
you've shown these guys, hey, you've beat the Twins in the series, you tied with the Tigers, and you tied with the Cleveland Guardians. That's all I want. Hold ground. And I know people say this is the time to strike their August schedule, their September schedule. Plenty of time, guys. I know urgency was these 19 games, but they did what they needed to do, not lose more games than they than they won. They won more games than they won, yeah, and then they lost. Before we uh, go into the full four-game series here, um, you see Chi-Town Fanboy mention it. You say uh, last 19 games, 10-9. Uh, is not acceptable. They're a 500 team and nothing more. Uh, 10 and 9 does put them uh, above 500. It is. Um, but in the 19 games that they recently had, all against the AL Central, they do go 10 and 9. And I, I understand the frustration Sox fans have with this team because the first series of, of that one against Minnesota, you lose the first two, then you win uh, the last one. Then against Detroit, you have a four game series, you lose the first two, then you win the last two. Four game series against Cleveland, you lose the first two, win the last two. Now, against Minnesota, this is why we were all hyped up and, and excited. They won three out of four, and we're like, oh, hey, now this team finally woke up, finally going to do the damn thing. And then Cleveland, they lose the first two and win the last two. So I understand the back and forth, the snip-snap, snip-snap nature of the Michael Scott vasectomy that is the White Sox and 500. But 10-9 and nine is good enough, and when you're going up against Colorado, you're going up against Oakland, you're going up against Kansas City, Texas, Kansas City again, Detroit, this is where the White Sox should step on throats. They haven't yet, and I understand that's frustrating for fans, and it, and it should be. It is, and... I don't know what the what White Sox fans wanted there. Did they want to go 13 and 6? Yes, everybody wanted to put these people behind them. But if you in the 19 games didn't see improvement, I don't know what what's going on. Like I saw vast improvement from the bats. I saw better at bats. I saw taking down Shane Bieber, our bugaboo, a guy that we haven't scored close to this many runs against. Better at bats have mean better team. Ball goes over the wall team will go far so we're gonna be fine eventually and I know it's unsatisfying to only go one game over 500 but I told you that when we started this whole thing it's gonna be a slog and they only need to win more games than they lose and they did it and I'm I'm not satisfied but I'm content with what they did in these 19 games yeah could be better but they're not better maybe the expectations need to dial down they're winning the AL Central but it's gonna be 85 games, 86 games. Well, and I understand why people at least get concerned because you're saying they should win the AL Central, but they can't even, you know, jump the Guardians. I mean, they're, they're not even in second place yet, and they, they can't jump this team. You know, if they had... Guardians a, a, play harder than the White Sox. Well, that's a concern. Like, by far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, can they truly win the AL Central if they're just going to be doing can, this? If, if teams are going to be playing harder than them in the middle of July, can they actually win the AL Central? I understand why yes. fans are, you know, freaking out. Because somebody put, yeah, I, yeah, you have the right to freak out. And we were promised more, but I'm in the reality of this team's going to win the AL Central and get trounced in the ALDS or whatever they call the first round. Absolutely worked in the ALDS. Yeah, and real quick, I see some people saying Liam, uh, Jesus Strawman saying, I saw a bunch of improvement. My only worry is Liam, but he seems to struggle against Cleveland. And then Brett saying Liam struggles, make me scared. Let's just say this, since May 16th to July 15th, he had 15 and one-third innings where he did not allow an earned run. Uh, in those 15 and a third innings, he only allowed four hits and three walks. 
he was allowing a batting average of .080 um, in those 15 and one-third innings. He's been fantastic this year. The game that he was just in, game one on Saturday, that one was real rough, but you look at the home run that he gave up to Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan is an ultra-contact guy. He will always be getting the best part of the bat on the ball. I hate him. And he, that's his only second home run, and it wasn't smoked. 87-mile-per-hour slider got turned around at 93, so it wasn't crushed. It wasn't killed. Um, it was hit very high, and if Adam Ingles out there, that ball might get robbed because it hits the top of the fence. That hit right there had an expected batting average of point zero nine zero all right so that was not a crushed ball that was not a murdered ball that was just Stephen Kwan doing a good job as a as a hitter getting the barrel of that bat on there um I'm not too worried about Liam at all you know I know people brought up oh maybe he's tipping again and that Saturday game was ugly absolutely um but I'm not too worried about and you should listen Hendricks. to Sean as I was worried about Hendricks early in the season Sean said he's fine he'll be fine and he turned into a beast and made the all-star game off of that terrible start that he had this season. And if Sean says he's fine, I'm going to go with him, especially with Liam Hendricks. He's the Liam Hendricks whisperer. Do we want, do you want to talk about this real quick, Herb? Nope. So uh, Liam <laughs> Hendricks uh, threw, had six sliders swung at today. Okay. Okay. You want to guess the results on that? Six sliders were swung at. I say, I know the Quan one was hit a home run. So yeah. I would say, what were the results? I think... The Quan home run. That was it. So the Quan home run was the only ball put in play that was a slider for uh, Liam Hendricks. And then the other six swings were swings and misses. So that slider works. That's the only pitch that, you know, he got hit today. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about Liam. Uh, going back to the start of this 19-game stretch, though, um, you know, it was a very important one, 10-9. I was looking for a better record, but they're above 500. So that's what's mainly important. Uh, here, but the one thing that's been good to see is the power numbers. Uh, three home runs today from Aloy, uh, Leary, and then AJ Pollock. And I saw this stat from Xavier Sanchez. Uh, he is over at White Sox Daily. He does a great job. Um, he mentioned the stat that the Sox were seven and zero when they hit three runs, uh, home runs or more. Now eight and zero. They had, I think, the twenty. 23 teams were ahead of them with games with three home runs or more. So they're not doing it a ton, but. They have now five games in July with three or more home runs and seven games since June 15th with three or more home runs in one game. So it's coming. It is coming. And you see the one of the people that are key to that, Aloy Jimenez, hitting two home runs this weekend. Now going to Colorado for a couple games. Let's eat. And Oakland on the weekend. Let's go. Not to Oakland, but back at home versus the A's who are woeful right now. So, yeah, we're going to be fine. We're going to be real fine. Go ahead. Pause if you're listening to the podcast right now <laughs> and check that August schedule real quick. See those delicious games versus the uh, Kansas City Royals? Man, oh, man. Can't wait till they trade all their players away and we, we attack them and treat them as such. Now, if we don't win at least seven games versus the Royals in those ten, I'm going to be mad because that's a team that you should dominate. And mm -hmm. I know the Royals always give us fits, even if we're a great team or a bad team. But – this should be a down Royals team, and we should treat them as such. That schedule in August is much favorable in the White Sox favor. So go ahead and look at it. Rejoin us on the other side. See? I yep. told you. I told you. <laughs> when, I, when that 
Wasn't that great to see? The only team the Sox have been able to take care of uh, in the AL Central is Detroit. They're 7-3 and three against Detroit. Uh, Kansas City, they're only 4-4 four and four against. So, hey, if they go 7-3, and three, an 11-7 and seven record versus Kansas City would look pretty damn good. Uh, they improved to 5-8 and eight against Cleveland this year, and they are 4-6 and six against Minnesota. So, there's still work to do, and, and KPW can get out of here with the Daniel Lynch talk. <laughs> we don't need that right now. We uh, owe him an ass whooping, not KPW. Daniel Lynch. <laughs> Oh, K- KPW's worried about his team just scoring all the runs versus the Boston Red Sox. He's all he's all worried about Vladimir Guerrero apparently firing Charlie Montoya. Uh, but uh, yeah, no Daniel Lynch at least uh, scheduled right now. Hey, they in fired the, uh, their first manager of August. They fired their manager and then they scored like twenty eight runs. Right. Should be a thing the White Sox look into. Hey, well, hey, but since June fifteenth, they're hitting homers now. Herb, uh, un- unsuspected or uh, unexpected uh, heroes today, um, except if you're me, because uh, my uh, first click to pick was Leary Garcia. Then my second one, I changed it to Aloy Jimenez. So I went two for two today. No, you lose. How do I lose? The click to pick was Aloy. That was the winner, Wendy. No, let's let's look at the uh, the graphic right here. Who does that say, Leary Garcia? Yeah, but you changed it. Everybody who's in the pregame knows that both guys hit a home run. Yohan Mankata didn't even get a hit. No, it's not. It's got to be the overall guy that wins it overall, not just between us two. So who is it? Pollock probably three on homer. Yeah, I say Pollock. Yep, Leary hit a first. He did. But but that wasn't just a, like Ray J. That wasn't wow, nice nice <laughs> reference. And yes, Ray J. All this stuff that we've had happened to us since Ray J. and the Kim Kardashian thing, it's all his fault. You see, all the uh, skies have opened up. We've had the pandemic since. We've had a lot of <laughs> bad things happen since Ray J. and that sex tape. And he introduced us to the Kardashians. Blame Ray J. Brandy's <laughs> brother is no good for us. No. Ray J is bad for the world. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but the Lurie, Lurie two-run home run only got us two runs. The Pollock got us the win because it ended up to be uh, very valuable because fucking uh, Liam Hendricks and uh, Kendall Graveman giving up home runs in the uh, eighth and ninth inning. Here's how I look at it. Leary started the whole fun and then Aloy gave him the insurance. So if you want to say AJ Pollock, that's fine. But no, yours is Aloy. Your you said a hundred percent. It's Aloy. Steven, can we show the graphic again? Uh, you <laughs> did. You did change it. it says Leary Garcia. Uh, Herb. There's no proof. There's no proof. I'll make a new one. Oh no, it's, it's on YouTube. The first show's on YouTube. Remember? All right, you could either- just like Steven's friend Dan and his. Cheap-ass ways, not providing delicious food when you host a, a gathering. At least say, hey, guys, I'm hosting a gathering. I got the food. Because I'm sure all the rest of the people are like, man, I know Dan's going to be cheap on that. Call we it need, a potluck, we, at least. Oh, I mean, yeah, bring, we need to bring some food. Expectations. Yeah. And here, here's the one thing. I mean, Dan, this was the Beer Olympics. To, to Correct, which I know, want, I want to point out. To, you know, uh, what's it? Not sideboard this. What's it called? Whatever. Anyways, uh, to just uh, whiteboard this, right? Beer Olympics. Did he supply the beer? He did. Okay. So I understand, you know, usually it's like, hey, guys, I'll have food, but BYOB, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm buying all this damn food. Yeah. I understand if he's supplying the beer for the Beer Olympics that, hey, maybe bring your own food. But you got to let people know. Yeah. You got to let people know, Dan. I only had like a, a brunch kind of going into that. I got to the gym before I went straight there. I'm hungry. And I got these pretzel things, uh, some cheddar and sour cream ruffles. Mm-hmm. And uh, one little jewel packet of guac and uh, chips. Oof. It's not it's good. Rough. 
That's not it's good. a bad look. Bad yeah. look for him. That's a bad look for Dan. Ah, uh, you host Dan. Come on. Um, yeah, and uh, get your game up. KPW is still talking trash. He says it seems the Sox fans got their one wish of being over five hundred. Uh, not yet. They're still forty eight and forty eight. Um, and it's kind of been a dance that they've been playing uh, all year. Uh, let's look at the uh, Sox and five hundred and see uh, how this has been going for them. So this is the fifteenth time the Sox are at five hundred this year. They're six and nine in games after getting to five hundred. So six times they've been above five hundred this year. Nine times they've been below 500. Uh, May 25th was the last time above 500, and that was against the Red Sox uh, when they played at the uh, at, at the G rate uh, right before the 16 to three drubbing of Dylan Cease. And May 12th was the last time the Sox were two games back or less in the AL Central. Not good, Herb. Not good at all. I mean, but the horizon looks good because the Rockies are no damn good. And we have the Oakland A's this weekend. If they're not over 500 by the end of next Sunday, I'll be very shocked. They should win at least three of those five games there. Yeah, I mean, it's it honestly, it should be by the Tuesday, by the All Star break. I guess not Tuesday because Tuesday is the you know today's Sunday. Uh, next Tuesday, the August second. Um, if they're not above 500 and above 500 by two or three games, um, that's going to be something that's extremely frustrating. They should easily win the series in Colorado. You got Kopech, um, who, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does in that Colorado air, but Kopech and Giolito, you got Cueto, Lynn, and Cease versus Oakland. All three of those should be wins. And then you got Kopech, Giolito, and Cueto versus Kansas City. Um, again, you should be able to win these matchups. It's, it's not anything special, especially being at home uh, for, what, six of those eight. I know that they're a road team, but they were able to take care of business today. Um, and able to take care of the business, you know, hitting the ball in the air and, and, and hitting home runs. So I, I think, and, you know, the only reason why we should be right, Her, Herb and Wayne, is because the schedule is easy. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't beat on bums, then they deserve whatever they got. But I think they can slay, especially with most of their team back. Uh, we'll get... A low, um, we'll get Luis Robert hopefully back on Friday. We saw him in between the doubleheader games yesterday running a little bit, catching the ball a little bit. So that's an encouraging sign for me to say that, okay, all he needs is just you know time to have that lightheadedness leave his, uh, leave his head, leave his brain, and come back to the lineup. And then we'll have our Voltron back on Friday versus the Oakland Athletics, hopefully. Because yeah. we don't know what's going to happen in the interim from here to Colorado and then back because somebody's going to get hurt. We know that. Well, and hopefully, you know, Aloy can stay healthy and, and hopefully Osmani can stay healthy and hopefully Luis is able to come back. We did see that there was Yo some uh, video of uh, Luis Robert running out in the outfield. So that was good to see. Um, and Yoan as well. Hopefully, uh, you know, he's able to get some hits. Oh. I wasn't able to do so today. And Andrew uh, Vaughn will be fresh, too. Hits. We didn't even need him. This Tony's looking at his, his arms folded. He's like, told y'all we didn't need Andrew Vaughn. I'm like, <laughs> no, Tony. We would have won by like 10 to nothing with Andrew Vaughn out there versus that Shane Bieber. Hey. Mercy. Blame, smart blame James Crutch. batting third. Yeah. Hmm? yeah that uh, worked out. A, blame J James Crutch and also your guy who you're, you know, you're thriving and stumping here for, for uh, the click to pick. Is is the guy you know? He's over a player. Well, oh my! No, I thought yeah, you I mean, saying AJ Pollock, the oh. guy for that you know is, is replacing Vaughn. Yeah, still he shouldn't. Yeah, have that's been Coach batting. Tony right there. That's he shouldn't the, have been batting where he was. That's the next level thinking. I'm sure Tony's. Oh, my results were favorable, so I did the right thing. It wasn't right. Put my man up higher in the lineup. Well, what I mean, but he's always going to be justified in his thinking because 
Andrew Vaughn did not get hurt. Yeah. His thought was, you know, Andrew Vaughn might tweak something. So as long as Andrew Vaughn makes it into Tuesday's game without tweaking anything, his thought process is rewarded. I just think that's playing scared. And playing scared will lead you to losing games. And what the White Sox have lost as many as they won this year. Some of those games they've lost because they're playing scared. Playing because oh, I don't want this person to be hurt. And that mentality, as any athlete will tell you, when you play not to get hurt, that's when you get hurt. So the White Sox need to be worrying about, you're on the field? Cool. Give me 100% what you have. That's all. And they've been going 75%. You saw in that comment that you read in the pregame that Andrew just got past his 75% output, period. Now he can go balls to the wall? That doesn't make sense to me. It never has made sense to me. The team with the worst track record right now for injuries should be going the opposite way of what they've been doing with James Cruck and all that other stuff. They should be going 100% when you're on the field, 100% of what you have. If you're limping, Jose Abreu is a prime example. I mean, it's not 100% ever, but he's giving you 100% of this effort every time he goes out there, and they should be following that lead instead of all the mumbo-jumbo from the training staff and the strength and conditioning people. I would be having a deaf ear to those people like look you see the RIL what y'all doing out here y'all well, y'all struggling yeah I ain't listening to y'all at all I mean Rick Hahn I think described their their change in the uh the training and in their health department as a year-long process and years-long process so they're trying to figure it out and make sure that you know hopefully by 2024 they can have the injury uh issue solved I gotta go find that quote because it was it was ridiculous um but I, I yeah I mean I'm fine with them playing a little bit scared with injuries as long as the guys stay healthy because we just got everyone back. Once Luis comes back, there are no other major injuries to worry about. It's Yasmani at center, or at center, a catcher, Aloy out and left, or DH. Vaughn will be healthy. Anderson's back up. Abreu's here. Moncada's here. Leary and Josh Harrison have second base knocked down. So, I mean, there are no more injuries outside of that. Lance Lynn's back. I mean, how, let's get this team healthy. I'm, I'm fine with getting this team at least one more game with, like, a full 26-man roster. That'd be nice to uh, And then we see. start trying? Yeah, and then we start trying, and then we start betting on the White Sox on PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all the web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Points bets your home for live and play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs with the Points Bet app. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Download the Points Bet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with Points Bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next pro- partner has a product I use literally every day. I started talking, taking AG1s because they sent over some free samples to us when we started this company back in March, and I haven't stopped using them since. They are a great partner for me when I wake up in the morning. I wake up feeling refreshed. I wake up feeling ready to take on the day. It helps boost your immune system. It helps boost your energy. It helps support your gut health. It helps support 
your ability to focus. It helps ability, you know, to recover after you participate in a beer Olympics. Steven, mm-hmm. uh, you might be asking, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Herb likes to toss it into a smoothie, right? Uh, you could throw it into a 10-ounce or 12-ounce bottle of water or glass of water and stir it up. But Herb likes to throw in, you know, some frozen fruit, some juice. What do you, milk? Almond milk. Almond milk. Yeah. There you go. And toss in some uh, AG1s, and you are able to boost your life. It's, it's a great way to reclaim your health, arm your immune system, and it's convenient, and it's daily. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar, there's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Again, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, so Josh Harrison was supposed to be in the starting lineup today. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I got this one stat. Um, talking about the strength of schedule and people, you know, in here saying like, well, the Sox haven't proved it yet. The Sox haven't proved it yet. Let's see what the White Sox can do with this lineup and this hitting. Because since June 9th, I think they've scored the second most runs uh, in the MLB. They have been scoring runs recently. And in their eight games against Kansas City, they're averaging 3.3 runs. Not good. So if the White Sox are able to hit, fingers crossed, they'll be able to dominate the Royals. Um, Because the pitching's been fine. They've been able to get by. If this team's hitting home runs, they should beat the A's. They should beat the Royals. They should beat the uh, the, the Colorado Rockies. They should be able to take care of business as long as the ball is flying out of the park, which, you know, hasn't happened this year. So having a Lloyd back is a big-time thing. The actual Lloyd, not the ghost of a Lloyd that has shown up most this year. The guy who's driving the ball out the ballpark, not the warning track power guy. He missed the home run the other day, like off the end of the bat, and it still went flying over because that's how strong he is. When he's connecting, barrels barrels that ball up, it's going to be going in the concourse. So it's just a moment of time, and I'm not scared for people in Colorado. I'm thrilled for them to get a couple more souvenirs than they Mm. usually have out there in Colorado because Aloy's coming. Elo's coming. And you know what's really exciting? Hide your hearts. No strikeouts today. Uh, no strikeouts, and he had a, a couple balls hit that were over uh, 107 and 106 miles per hour. I know that our, our guy Paul Correct doesn't like uh, exit velocity and stuff like that, but uh, when Aloy Jimenez is hitting balls that hard at 107 and 106 off Shane Bieber, uh, that changes this lineup. Um, and, and two, you know, you see in the first inning, he hits a fly out against Shane Bieber. 98.6 miles per hour um, off an 84-mile-per-hour slider. So, so so clearly, he's able to turn that around with a lot of power. He's able to get that out in front and generate 14-plus mile per hour or 14-plus miles um, on that pitch. Um, just 
based on his strength alone. Uh, but the launch angle was too high. It was around 52 degrees. Then in the third inning, 106 mile per hour ground, ground out um, that goes right into the ground. And then he figures it out sixth inning, the third time he sees them, third time through the order against Shane Bieber. He hangs a slider and Aloy absolutely tagged that one. So, I mean, exit velocities can show you some part of, of of the story right it's it's telling you are guys seeing this guy well are they able to get good swings on there and, and you saw some good swings from Malloy today so that was great to see and um, he truly changes this lineup and if AJ Pollock's doing this if Leary Garcia is doing this off the bench then this bench gets better and, and Gavin Sheets had a decent day as well um, I know people have been worried about Gavin Sheets but Gavin had two hits today um, and they were laced pretty well so you know, a lot of encouraging signs today from the Sox and this lineup. Very encouraging signs. And I want to show you where the opposite is going to happen. The, why the White Sox have a nice, easy schedule from here on out until the end of August. Let me tell you about the Twins. Two games set in Milwaukee, the good land. Then they go to San Diego, the Padres, who are not great, but one of the best teams in the National League. I mean, the Dodgers are running away with that division. Detroit, they're hosting. Then they have four games set versus KPW's Kansas, or Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers for two games. The Angels for two games. Then Kansas City and Texas. Then they play Houston for three in Houston. San Francisco and Boston. So they're playing much more tougher teams than us. We're playing Houston in August too, but they also like offset it. But we're playing Houston here. They got to go down to Minute Maid Park. So they have a really tough schedule in August. By the end of the month, I see the White Sox being in first place. So the, the Twins, uh, the remaining strength of schedule, 500. The White Sox is at 467. Sox have the second easiest remaining schedule, and that's before the teams are about to play sell off lots of their players. Right. So, I mean, looking at who they play after August 2nd, um, they have a night game against Kansas City, so Kansas City will be selling their team before they play. So they'll have two games against a post-deadline Kansas City team. Texas likely will be selling, and then they got four games against them from the 4th to the 7th. Uh, Kansas City again comes. Uh, they go to Kansas City. I'm sorry, the Sox do. Uh, from the 9th to the 11th, they got four games against them. Detroit's probably going to sell Andrew Chafin and some of their bullpen pieces. They got three games against them from the 12th to the 14th. They got four games against Houston, which won't be great, but then they got... Cleveland for three games from the 19th to the 21st. Cleveland might be selling as well. Uh, the 22nd, they got KC. Baltimore is kind of in it, but maybe Baltimore sells a couple pieces. They got them from the 23rd to the 25th. Arizona from the 26th to the 28th. Kansas City again, again. from the 30th to the 1st. Um, so right there, I mean, they got teams that are selling, 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 selling. And are bad. You got four, yeah, and are bad. You got four games against Houston, and then you got three games against Minnesota starting on the 2nd. But... Really, I mean, this is a very, very easy month. This is August Abreu. This is a healthy White Sox team. I mean, if the White Sox, I got to count how many games they have, but I mean, I, I see Greg Miller right there saying to win 86 games, they need to go 38 and 28. Easily. If the Sox are 10 games above 500 in Easily. August, there you go. Easily. Um, and with the Houston series, which is the big time glaring thing in the White Sox August schedule, you're like, oh, four versus Houston. Both the Twins and the Guardians play Houston. Twins play them for three in uh, Houston, and the Guardians play them for four in Cleveland. So it's just a wash. You just got to do well versus Houston. The four games you have versus them, go two and two. Because I'm sure those guys are not going two and two versus Houston, especially the Minnesota Twins who got to go down there. So, yeah, they have an easier schedule, the White Sox, than the two opponents who are above them. And I think 
they're a better team than both of them, even though they haven't shown as such versus either of the two. So from the 26th of July, starting on Tuesday, to the 2nd of September, the so- or the, the 1st of September, the Sox have 32 games, and I subtracted the, the games for Houston. So 36 total games there. Um, four against Houston, you take those out, 32 games. So if the Sox go 20, 20 and 12? I mean, yeah, that works. 20 and 12, and then split that Houston thing? Yeah, that works. Pretty pretty decent. I mean, they've, they've been putting themselves in a great 14, spot. That's 10, that's 10 games up. And then you have three games against or Minnesota. Games up. Right? I mean, and then you have a tough matchup against Minnesota. But if you're rolling at that point... And then you get Minnesota. I mean, that's when you could really stomp on them. But it's just, you know, it's. I agree with Clark. You know, TLR needs to approach the stretch with intensity and not save it for October. But apparently, on Friday, he talked to the team and be like, you know, gave them a speech and said that you know the second half is all important and stuff. And you know, they lost that game on Friday and they lost the first game on Saturday. So I don't know what TLR can do. I mean, I'm I'm not really buying in that Tony's gonna rack up these boys and get them all excited and you know win this one for the Gipper. It's all about can A.J. Pollock hit the damn ball? Can Leary Garcia be a, a positive force for this team? Can Aloy take advantage of mistakes? If they can, I mean, that's that's all that matters. I don't understand the urgency now. Urgency should have been in April. They can win those games in April, and then we would be sweating all this stuff in July, August, and September. That's the mark of a bad process initially where you're like, oh, we have plenty of games to get back. No, let's jump on their throats initially. And so in the fourth quarter, we could be chilling. Got the towels on, looking at the the scrubs playing. You're like, oh, man, that's great. Look at that dunk by my man. Do you see how basketball players do when they got a big lead in the fourth? Now the White Sox are going to be out there struggling in the fourth quarter to trying to not only surpass the Twins and the Guardians, but set themselves up for a better matchup versus whoever they're going to play as the division winner of the AL Central. So they'll be looking at the sixth-place team, which right now is the Seattle Mariners. I'm good because uh, I think the Mariners would beat the White Sox in a three-game mm. set. I do think they are. Well, I think they will. The White Sox haven't shown me that they're better than the Mariners. The Mariners has at least won 14 in a row. They got hotter than shit yeah. just to get in second place, 10 games back behind the Astros. On a two-game losing streak right now and down 6 nothing against Houston, so... Uh, how do you how do you follow up a fourteen game losing streak? You get swept by the team that's in front of you. Yeah. Um. So, let's look at that real quick. Just the guy, the teams that they could be playing. Toronto's and shout out to KPW. Toronto is right now got the first wild card at fifty three and forty three. Fire their manager. Tampa at second, fifty two and forty three. Don't want to play them. Seattle either. at fifty one and forty four. I'm good too. Out of those three teams, who do you want to play? Out of those three, I would rather play the Seattle Mariners. Because. Toronto's going to batter, and they have two studs at the top of their rotation. Tampa, you know they got Rube McClanahan there doing damage, and they're going to find a way to win with an assortment of players, including Rondo Franco, who we didn't see down there in Tampa Bay when we placed them. Mm-hmm. So in Seattle, out of those three are the easiest teams, and hosting them here would be much better than going out to Seattle. But, you know, this White Sox team is – is uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they play well on the road and play like crap at home. Yeah, and maybe they'll figure that out. But, yeah, 21 and 27 uh, on the road, and I think the, the run differential is still like minus negative 60. So uh, they're, they're still finding, uh, you know, something 
out with with their home schedule, but they're going to be playing a lot of bums at home. Uh, they're going to be having a lot of games against the Royals at home where hopefully they can figure something out and they can figure out that home record. Uh, Texas is eight games back, so they're probably not going to be competing for the wild card, but Baltimore, Boston, Cleveland, Seattle, Tampa, Toronto, those are the teams that are fighting for a wild card spot with the Sox. I agree with you that Seattle is probably the team that I want to face the most. But it would probably be Toronto or, or Seattle. But let's just avoid Toronto at all. All the, uh, the COVID stuff. And I mean, I'll we'll be hosting here, Northwest. so that'll be fine. There, there's no games at all that they play in the first round. You you play all the games at the host city. Mm, all right, that's yeah. interesting. Let's go out to uh, the host city then. I mean, if the White Sox win the AL Central, they'll be hosting some team, and they'll be hosting them in Chicago, where Vinny Duber is. He's at the Guaranteed Ray Field, uh, and he is the CHGO White Sox writer. Uh, and he is out covering the Sox at their home park. Vinny, how's it going? Wow, they get back to 500, and you're talking a division championship right Damn there. Damn straight. Huh? Well, I mean, that's what we usually do when they win. When they win, we usually say they're back and they can win the, the division, and then when they don't, we swear. Um, it, it's a very consistent show. Uh, you can follow <laughs> Vinny uh, on, C, uh, on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Uh, Vinny, who'd you talk to after the game? Just chatted with Tony La Russa and uh, Dylan Cease, obviously. A.J. Pollock and uh, Aloy Jimenez had some brief comments uh, after homering today. But, uh, you know, a, a good day for the White Sox. Uh, I don't know if the, if the series was able to teach us too much, but, uh, you know, they did some stuff over these four games that they need to do in order to turn things around, and they showed that they can do them. Uh, now it's a, a matter of doing them consistently because there were some other things in there that weren't so hot. So, um, you know, a real mixed bag of a weekend that kind of uh, encapsulates the whole mixed bag of a season uh, to this point so far. They started 500. They're 500 again. And uh, now it's uh, time to see if they're, uh, you know, if we're still doing that thing. We're waiting to see if they can kind of climb their way out of it. You know what I like today, Vinny, is that uh, Dylan Cease didn't have A-plus stuff today in the Cleveland Guardians, where even the stuff that he was throwing nice, they were just hitting the ball. It was a testament to him to still get outs and put zeros up on the board in the six innings that he's pitched. Did he talk about his stuff today and how he still got outs and even without the premium stuff? Yeah, in fact, you know, a very Dylan Cease kind of comment that was just, you know, uh, you know, the result is the same. It's just a different way to get an out kind of thing, you know. But obviously, it was noticeable because so many times this year uh, we have been used to seeing Dylan Cease have, you know, eight, nine strikeouts by the end of three or four innings. So uh, the fact that he was able to do what he did and keep them scoreless. And, you know, what I noticed, too, you know, a great sign of the evolution that he's made over the last couple of years, gotten to some jams today. I mean, the first few innings, he had guys at second, guys at third base, uh, you know, and he kept them there. He stranded them there. And uh, that's something that a few years ago, I think, specifically in that 2020 season, um, you know, he got into a jam and it would just snowball real fast on him. Uh, and that was not the case today. And it hasn't been the case this year at all, as he has been fantastic. He's got to be one of those, the Cy Young favorites uh, at, at the moment, just because, uh, you know, whether he's striking a million guys out, you know, and I think even with only, only four strikeouts today, he jumped back into the AL lead in that category. But whether he's striking out a million guys or not, he's getting guys out. He's lowering that ERA. He's keeping runs off the board. That is the job of a starting pitcher, uh, not just to blow guys away. So certainly he has been uh, fantastic, and he was again today. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I remember uh, in the second inning today, uh, Owen Miller gets on with a single. 
Uh, and then our guy, the big urn, grounds out to third base. Uh, Miller goes over to second. Uh, but then he gets into a 3-2 count against Hedges. And usually, you know, Dylan Cease might throw a ball that's well outside of the zone, trying to be real pinpoint accurate with those fastballs. But he got uh, Hedges striking out, uh, looking at a slider in the zone. And then Miles Straw got into another 3-2 count again with a runner in scoring position. And he got him again with the slider uh, looking. So it was really great from Cease. Just he's got such a great composure to himself. Uh, at this point in his career. Um, I do want to talk to you about how's he feeling because he did get a liner off his knee. So uh, it's all good with the knee there. Yeah, he said it hit him in the quad. Uh, okay. So maybe got him in a, a meatier part of the leg there, but uh, yeah, he says he's fine. He, uh, you know, obviously, uh, it, 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 he had that reaction when when Tony and Ethan and the trainer came out right there to see him immediately. Obviously, uh, he had that kind of reaction of just like, yeah, all right, give me the ball, let's go, kind of thing. So uh, after the game, he said he was fine after getting hit. That's good. Um, so you mentioned the comfortability that he's had. Um, I heard a, a, a thing that he said he has been pitching. Like he's got like video game control at this point. Uh, did he talk about any of that confidence or if that was still there today? Because, you know, I mean, only four K's, but, you know, it, it does seem like there is some confidence that is truly building with Cease at this point. Yeah, I mean, if I had to describe what I've seen from him from the last few years to now, it would be that there was a point where that confidence kind of switched on, right? Because I think everybody always knew he had the stuff. Everybody knew he was, uh, you know, a thrower. Uh, and now it, it's become being a pitcher. And I think the mentality is part of that. And and he's he's a guy that's so dialed into making, you know, making that mechanical repetition, doing every little thing uh, exactly how he's, it's supposed to be done. Executing pitches is his, uh, his favorite saying. Um, it's a thing where once he found that confidence, I don't think it's left him. And and certainly it can. We've seen it with other pitchers where they go through uh, periods of struggle and stuff like that. But uh, the way that he's been able to match his stuff with a mindset now, he's becoming a smarter pitcher. He's becoming a better pitcher. You hear from Ethan Katz all the time about how he's vastly more involved in the game planning now than he used to be in the last couple of years. Uh, he's just he's just developing. This is, this is what... Uh, this is what you watch when you watch a young player uh, go from, you know, prospect to big leaguer to successful big leaguer to one of the best big leaguers. Um, and we're watching it in real time with Dylan Cease. And sometimes you forget because you are so wanting to see one result every single game. If you're a fan, sometimes you forget, you know, that that it was just two years ago that things were mighty different. But if you watch it every little step of the way, uh, you'll see how he got here. And certainly uh, it's fantastic at the moment for him. He is pitching as good as any pitcher in baseball right now. And, uh, you know, the all-star game would have uh, been been better with him, I would imagine. I know the results were favorable, but it was good to see that Lurie Garcia, 3-1 count, attacked the pitch. I've seen so many times this year where White Sox are letting pitches go in, in batter's counts and taking them for strikes or looking for the walk. Lurie lighting him up early, and then you get the Pollock home run on the first pitch. And then I thought that Aloy kind of missed the ball, and he still hit it out the ballpark. It's good to see him with two homers in the last couple of days. This offense is starting to turn it on. Did Tony or Aloy or any of the guys speak about this offense starting to like contribute a little bit more than they did early in the season? Well, I'll answer that. I'll answer your question there first right away. I, I asked, you know, Aloy that after the game. I said, just look a little bit more like what you expected when, when the balls are flying out of the yard like this. And he did the classic Aloy response saying, what do you think? Do you uh, think? You know, so 
Uh, so yeah, so apparently that was apparently that was a question that didn't need to be asked. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, this that that's what I that's one of the things I was talking about when I said like they've shown signs of how they can turn this around. How can they turn it around? They can be the White Sox offense we expected to see. They can hit a lot of home runs. They can show uh, that they can put a crooked number on the board. They can show um, that they're able to string a bunch of hits together. They did that today. Uh, Tony credited the the game plan. The game plan was to be aggressive against Bieber, and uh, you know. It worked. uh, How many times have we sat and watched the White Sox, uh, you know, just not have any idea what to do against Shane Bieber? Mm -hmm. Today, they made him they made him look like, uh, you know, more or less than mortal. They made him look like, you know, a a minor leaguer out there at times. So um, and this is one of the best pitchers in baseball. So this offense has that capability. They can do it. They need to do it a lot more, obviously. Um, But when you're getting contributions like that up and down the lineup, uh, you know, it's 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 easy to see why we all picked the White Sox to go as far as they did or as they as we did rather uh, before the season started. Haven't seen a lot of it, but you know you're getting if you get I mean and Aloy, what what a what a, uh, a positive he would be if he could kind of make up for some lost time here and and show that power and you know obviously I'm not saying he has to homer every game like he has the last two wins, but um, to be able to do that. Uh, Tony said it's a different lineup with him in it, and he's right because it 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 certainly adds an element that they have been missing all year long. If you throw Yasmani Grandal in there, he looked good this weekend. Uh, certainly yesterday, uh, the 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 Friday game, he didn't do very well, but but yesterday uh, he had some success. The on base skills from him are something that this team has sorely missed. Uh, so you throw kind of the elements in there that were supposed to be in there, and you can see how. This thing could turn around. They keep saying they got time. They keep saying they got talent. And because the Minnesota Twins have not run away with this division, that is very much true. But, hey, they got to do it, right? So uh, we'll see if that continues. They we, they made so much about uh, – everybody has made so much, us included, about this stretch they just played against division teams, the stretch they just played against Cleveland and Minnesota. Uh, guys, the next three teams on the schedule, Colorado, Oakland, Kansas City – White Sox are better than all of those teams, and they need to uh, they need to play like it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's what we were talking about before you jumped on. Um, I mean, this is such a, a pivotal stretch for them up until September when they face Minnesota. They got thirty six games there, and really the only team that's above five hundred or that is going to be in the playoffs in that stretch is the four games against Houston. So you got thirty two games in this stretch from the end of July to the uh, beginning of September, where you're going to be playing teams that you should beat night in and night out. If they're able to go, you know, 10 games above 500 in this 32 game stretch, they'll be looking pretty nice heading into a three game series going up against Minnesota and they might be leading the division at this point. Um, But still, I know people are frustrated with splitting the series um, again with Cleveland. Uh, Has Tony mentioned anything about, you know, splitting these series or the fact that now going back to July, they lost two against Minnesota, then one, one, and then uh, lost two against Detroit, and then split it, then lost two against um, Cleveland, then split it. And then this one, they lose two against Cleveland and then split the series again. So any talks about splitting the series or not really putting a, a signature mark on any of these series yet outside of the one in Minnesota? I mean, these guys are very much, or you know, oriented on the day they're very much caring about what happened today I don't think they look back too often and certainly for the White Sox that's a good that's a good thing because if they look back on what they've done to this point they're never going to get out they're never going to get out of that hole that they've dug for themselves um but you're right right I mean and that and that 
you you told the story of the season right there in, in summing that up. It's it's one step forward, one step back, one step back, one step forward. I mean, uh, they they can't really take off, and um, you know it's 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 a problem obviously because they're at 500 here uh, as we as we steamroll toward August, and that's nothing that anybody thought would be said. But um, yeah, they've got to play they've got to play better against these teams. They got to start winning series. Um, Thankfully, they've been giving, given an opportunity because Minnesota and Cleveland are not playing like they want to or are capable of running away with the division. So the White Sox have an opportunity here. They just need to play a little bit better, <laughs> really. And I know winning the division is not the end goal, obviously. People should be frustrated with a series split. This is, uh, you know, for all the things that I talked about in terms of positive signs that you can see, and we haven't mentioned Lance Lynn yet, by the way, what a great uh, job he did mm-hmm. yesterday and a great mm-hmm. thing he would be if he can kind of rediscover what he was last year um but for all those positive things there's negative things going on too i mean lucas giolito didn't get hit hard on friday night but still gave up nine hits and 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 he is still searching for himself the bullpen yesterday my god uh you know that is it's certainly it's a rarity for liam hendricks though he gives up another home run in the ninth inning today it's a rarity for liam hendricks but you know, you got to be able to, to get to Liam Hendricks sometimes. And, and Liam Hendricks isn't going to be available every single day. And then yesterday in that second game that they did come back and win, you saw a bullpen that wasn't capable of holding a four-run lead. Um, there's a reason. If you watch the games this weekend, there's a reason Rick Hahn probably said that they could use some more bullpen help because – not only can everybody use more bullpen help, but they, they went out and showed showed why he was right on Saturday. So, um, you know, they're still making errors. Uh, they're still uh, putting uh, too many one, two, three innings together in a row, uh, you know, offensively. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's there. It's there for them to to do. It's there for them to, to, to win. I, I don't want to say it's theirs for the taking because, uh, you know, they're not that much uh, uh, better than Minnesota and Cleveland. Certainly this year, they haven't been as good as them yet. Um, it's not theirs for the taking, but they have an opportunity. And and with everything that's happened to this point, to have that opportunity is huge. And now you've got basically full health. By the time Oakland comes to town next week, they probably will have full health with Luis Robert being back. Uh, this, this is it. I, I, again, I'm not going to say now or never until the math says that it's now or never, but um, – it's the second half of the season, and they, and they got to they got to start playing like uh, like their season depends on it because it does. We've been talking about health. We talked in the pregame about uh, the Andrew Vaughn comments and the fact that he had the day off today. Uh, before we get into Andrew Vaughn, though, uh, Luis Robert, the name that you mentioned, um, even though Andrew Vaughn had the day off today, not currently injured. They're just being precautionary with him. Robert seems to be the final missing injury piece right now. Um, what's the update on him, and is it still expected to just be the 10 days, and, and can we expect him soon? Yeah, as of right now, they say he's improving. Uh, again, not a lot of details on uh, on Luis Robert because it just seems kind of maybe like something that is came about and something that is now fading away. Uh, that's the read I get on it, at least. Uh, they continue to test him and have him see the doctors and, and all that jazz. Uh, he is uh, running around and playing catch pregame uh, the last two days. So um, it, he's getting better. And, uh, yes, the hope is currently that he will be back for next Friday's game against Oakland. So no concern from Tony or anybody about the last two starts from Liam. I mean, yesterday his stuff looked pretty good, but they were just hitting. It was a, a closer and non-save situation I always worry about. He just had to get work in and didn't look good in that first game and did, wasn't available. Him and uh, Graven weren't available in the second game. So today to see them both give up home runs was kind of troubling, but they're going to do that from time to time. Did the guys show any concern as far as Tony on those uh, bullpen arms? 
No, and I, I think those are the two guys that you really don't have to worry about right now. Certainly, Reynaldo Lopez has played his way into that category a little bit too, uh, though though he gave up a, a run scoring uh, uh, hit yesterday as well. But um, you know, Hendricks is Hendricks. I mean, he's had these moments where he's where he's uh, had a couple blips. You remember back last uh, last summer, last August, I think it was in that series against the Yankees that started mm-hmm. with the Field of Dreams game, and then certainly the beginning of each of his first two seasons in a White Sox uniform have you know seen him kind of take some time to get into shape that being said uh you know he's Liam Hendricks he's 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 a guy who the last few years has been the best closer in baseball he could very well be the best closer in baseball by the time this season ends as well um I I don't think he's a guy you got to worry about right now he's going to blow guys away more than he is uh put him on base so uh that's that's you know you're seeing you're seeing one of those blips his his ERA is still really really low and uh he's still a very very good pitcher um, I just want to just touch base on the Vaughn thing. Um, so he's. I bet not... you do because so does everybody on Twitter, Sean. Well, <laughs> and and Herb's all pissed off about it. Herb's more. Oh, upset what? About Herb's it than I pissed am. about Andrew Vaughn's playing time. I'm shocked to learn this. I, I I'm whatever. <laughs> you know what? They won six to three today, uh, and AJ Pollock hit a homer. So you know, hey, you know, maybe Andrew Vaughn doesn't hit a homer, and the White Sox don't win. Uh, you hey, know, Tony pointed Tony pointed it out again. He was being complimentary. I don't think this was a jab, but he did say. He made sure to say in his postgame comments, you know, Vaughn had the day off. A.J. Pollock's in there, hits a home run. Josh Harrison had to be scratched. Larry Garcia goes in there, he hits a home run. So, uh, again, I don't think he's gloating for what the lineup ended up looking like, being complimentary rather instead. But uh, funny that he did make that comment. Yeah, the guys did their job. Uh, uh, But uh, with Vaughn, like, there's no concern or specific concern, right? It's just he's been playing a lot. This is just a day of rest because I I know in the full quote, there was the context of, you know, he was running at 75%. um, So it's not even like a situation like that where he's still running at 75%. Or am I misreading that? Well, here's how I'd started all off. I'd say remember back to last year. Because what did Andrew Vaughn tell us in spring training this year? He said he ran out of gas. The guy played far more games than he had ever played in his career before, and he all and he didn't know how to handle it really from a physical standpoint. It was he was learning how to get his body ready. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know, but I think it, it's it, when you're thinking about all these guys that they're that they're resting and telling to take it easy for for the reason of tired legs, right? Um, I think he's I think he's a guy that you got to remember because of that reason. Uh, if we're just talking about what Tony said today, and he said a lot, um, yeah, it seems to me like they are being very precautious with Andrew Vaughn. They are uh, he's a guy who was among that group. You'll remember earlier in the season that was uh, medically advised to uh, to to uh, not go full go on the bases because they didn't want to turn uh, maybe what was soreness into an injury. They didn't want to, you know, there's a difference between playing sore and playing hurt, and they would have rather had him play sore than play hurt. Um, It seems like that is getting better. That's improved. Tony talked as if that time was behind Andrew uh, earlier today, and it just seems like they are being cautious and making sure that it does not slide backwards. Um, Be that as it may, I hear your comments that uh, they just had a four-day all-star break that they have two uh, off days uh, coming up this week um, but there you have it uh, uh, I'm, I'm telling you what Tony La Russa said and I don't think that you know in a vacuum it sounds fine right you don't want to if a guy's legs are bothering him they're bothering him and 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 I don't think that uh, I don't think you can be critical of a team trying to uh, make sure their guys can 
be in the best chance, best position to succeed. Um, and, and, and maybe that's all this is because the way, the way you're talking about it, it, the way Tony LaRusso is talking about it, it sounds like there's reason to be concerned. He said, he said the exact words, he wouldn't be out of the lineup if it wasn't for a good reason. And there's a good reason. So, okay, I'll, I'll take it your word, Skip, and, and say that there's a good reason that from a health standpoint to keep Andrew Vaughn out of the lineup, I, I know what the schedule looks like. I'm sure Tony knows what the schedule looks like. I'm sure Andrew Vaughn knows what the schedule looks like. Um, but there you go. So um, it, 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 it is not something to me that is – uh, spelling doom in any way. And I know people got really mad about it and it's a weird thing. Certainly you would think, uh, I think you think back to years past and you know, there have been guys who have played 150 something games and I don't know how many White Sox players are going to be on track to do that. Of course, besides Jose Abreu, but, um, maybe that's just not how it works anymore. And maybe the way that this uh, organization is, is approaching this is, is the new way because they have data that says that's the way to go. I have not gotten into all of this yet, so I'm not going to do any uh, further speculation, but I'll say this. Andrew Vaughn didn't play today. Tony LaRusso said there was a good reason. If you don't think it was a good reason, more power to you, but that's, that's what, that's what he said. I think it was a fine reason. He's played the third most games uh, behind A.J. Pollock and Jose Abreu uh, this year at 75. Uh, 75 games in 96 games. Uh, that puts you at a pace for 162 games of playing around 125. Last year, Andrew Vaughn played 127. So, you know, I, I, if he's reaching the end of September and he's still hitting, or October, I guess, uh, if he's reaching the end of October and still hitting the same way he was um, in, in May and, of October. And, uh, and, and June, I'll be fine with it. Me too. But what I want to ask you, Vinny, is a very weird question because it's an odd, like I think first-time situation ever, where a Hall of Fame manager is managing currently. Was there any discussion this whole weekend or up leading up to it that Tony might miss these games to attend the Hall of Fame ceremony, which I think is also dumb that you have the Hall of Fame ceremony against Major League Baseball games. It's always dumb. But was there any discussion there? I, I don't believe so. Uh, okay. in, in fact, somebody asked him if he would miss it today, and he said, yeah, I'd miss it, but kind of, you know, would rather be <laughs> managing. You, you've obviously heard, uh, you, you, you know, we remember the comments when he was first hired saying that, you know, not being in the dugout was torture to him. So uh, certainly this seems to be the thing he likes to do the most. Um, but uh, how about this one, guys? Thought, thought of this while we were talking with Tony today. They're going to have to change the plaque. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Tony's, I never uh, thought about that. Tony was inducted, obviously, and they put his managerial numbers on there. At the time, he was the manager with the third most wins in baseball uh, history. Since he has come back to the White Sox, he is now the manager with the second. Uh, obviously, the numbers have changed as well, but uh, a, a, a new milestone reached since uh, he started managing again. So uh, at one point, whenever that might be, uh, when, when Tony's uh, you know, uh, current managerial uh, stint is up, they're going to have to change that plaque. The master of maneuvering lineups and managing bullpens is the lead for his uh, plaque, which I find very fitting for White Sox fans who love his uh, maneuvering of lineups and managing of bullpens. Uh, yeah, it's going to be nice to see when they just add the comma after uh, 1979 to 86 to see 2021 to 2022. Uh, hey, 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 oh, hey, whoa, whoa. hey, 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 h
extending that. You're not matching up with what you're saying. Hey, it's uh, talk to me after the parade. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think that's happening. And uh, we all talked about, you know, it's still a disappointment in, if this team, uh, even if they make it to the first round, if they lose again uh, in the first round. So, uh, and I don't know, he's he is 76 years old. Maybe it is his final year in the uh, in the old manager, Jerry uniform, else? but we'll see. I mean, he missed the game. He's not going to leave until he wants to leave. Yeah. Like, what else is he going to do? Sit at home? Like I and I hear all those you know retirement stories of people like once you don't have a job you you know don't really have a lot of stuff to do and some people pass away after they don't actually have a job to do so if Tony wants to manage as long as he wants to I will not be happy about it but if it's keeping Tony uh, alive and kicking and feeling good about himself go ahead and manage my favorite team he, he tried Keep the reti- ruining yeah him. I mean, he tried the retirement <laughs> thing and it it did not work out for him uh, he did not like it uh, final thing uh, how was the park with the mini Minoso stuff uh, any cool stuff that they did uh, at the actual park today because of mini being inducted today uh there was a there was a painting hang, uh, hanging in the lobby a pretty cool painting of, of mini hanging in the lobby uh obviously the organization is thrilled everybody that you ask about it has has been uh you know over the moon that this is finally happening uh for for a guy who really is one of the the biggest icons in franchise history obviously um all three of us uh you know we're we're uh watching baseball after his well after his time and well after his heyday although it did uh, extend briefly there into the 1980s didn't it um mm-hmm, but yes. uh certainly the the uh the love for him among the people who knew him in this franchise is high and and really uh you know it was funny uh, rick Hahn was asked about it on friday when during his media session at the start of the homestand and he looked out and he pointed at the the players who were stretching and he says there's about four or five guys out there who could answer this question a lot better than i could because of the impact that he's had on generations uh of of talent in both uh, in cuba specifically and then throughout uh latin america of course for being uh, one of the pioneers uh from that part of the world so um certainly a big day for the organization uh you know maybe not a lot of stuff uh taking place here today because uh of of many's family and the focus being in cooperstown um but i'm sure it will not be uh the last day that we hear uh, about many finally reaching the hall of fame uh from the white Sox. i'm sure there's more to come uh before the summer is out Absolutely, and it's a, a good time to be a White Sox fan. Uh, they're at forty six and forty six. There's only uh, up from here, and uh, 48, one of the forty eight and forty eight, forty eight and forty eight. Right, too comfortable with that good uh, yeah. record we had at the break. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on All Star <laughs> break mode, and it's great to see uh, one of the all time franchise legends be inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, even though it was a little bit late, would have liked to see it uh, when he was around, and would have been great to see a Mini Minoso speech. But that's not Vinny Duber's fault. Uh, you can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter <laughs> at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO. I don't have, guys, I don't have I not only do I not have a vote, I don't think any writers have voted uh, on Mini Minoso in, in decades. Yeah, I think right, that was a, a it's not your yeah. fault. It's, it's certainly <laughs> not. I don't even know why you would bring it up. Is this, this goodwill hunting? I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, connect everything and you know, I was gonna send him off <laughs> and uh, you know, bye Vinny, go enjoy your Sunday. Uh so uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of connect And it. Monday. We have off tomorrow too. That's true. Let's go. Enjoy enjoy well, the day off, and uh, you wore Colorado purple for the occasion. Yeah, I mean, I wore Curtis Mayfield purple. That's as Chicago as it gets right there. Damn straight. All right, appreciate your time, Vinny, and uh, thank you for joining us from the G-Rate. Fly. See you guys. See you, Vinny. Um, and the thing about us getting in with Vinny, like, baseball is the dumbest sport in the world. They just had a week <laughs> off where they have a showcase where there's no other uh, professional sports playing. I think WNBA even takes the days off during baseball's All-Star game. 
They should do the Hall of Fame that week. The same, like, All-Star game. It should be Home Run Derby, All-Star game, Hall of Fame, and can capture the whole week. Do it on Wednesday? Yeah, capture yeah. the whole week. If you want to have it in Cooperstown, boring-ass Cooperstown, have it. But I would be more uh, tuned to having it at the All-Star site. So L.A. this year, next year, I think it's in Seattle. They play, they have these guys. Like, you're watching... Minnie Minoso go into the Hall of Fame while the White Sox are playing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're asking White Sox fans to take off from their current team to watch one of their greatest stars of all time get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Same thing when I went, when Frank Thomas got inducted. I think also Tony LaRusso got inducted that same day, year. But it's weird. It's an odd thing. Baseball just bites itself in, or shoots itself in the foot every single time they have a chance to improve their product. And that would be my suggestion. Have Cooperstown, have the Hall of Fame uh, inductions right with the All-Star game and have it uh, like a, be a weekend. Yeah, it'd be great. I, I think it'd make more sense, too. Now that they have the draft on that Sunday as well. So you have uh, Sunday, then you have the Home Run Derby, then you have uh, on, on Tuesday the All-Star game, and then Wednesday you finish it with the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think it would make a ton of sense. I would enjoy it, and if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to help us con- uh, to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Congrats to Minnie Mignoso. Congrats to Bud Fowler. Congrats to Buck O'Neill. Congrats to Gil Hodges. Congrats to Jim Cat, And congrats to Tony Oliva. That is your 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame class. You didn't and, name uh, your mans. Huh? You didn't even name your mans. Oh, David Ortiz. Okay. Not congrats to him, though. Yeah, not congrats. Just he, he's in it. Guys, we got a little bit of news going on here. Uh-oh. The Yankees have pulled two of their top six prospects from a game in high A. One of them is Jason Dominguez, who's one oh. of the top outfield prospects that's, in baseball. That's the prospect. Yeah, and that was the guy that a lot of people thought was untouchable. Ugh. So if you pull this, him. This could be Luis Juan Castillo. Soto this could be Juan Soto. That's only two names that really make sense for me. This was a year. And I did check the score that game to make sure it wasn't some blowout. It was 12 to 9 at the time in the uh, between the top and bottom of the seventh inning. They, so mid seven. They got pulled an hour ago. So, I mean, it is something that. It's something. You'd think they'd be closer to. I mean, hey, with Trey Sweeney. That would just hurt. Eastern Illinois product. That would just hurt if they got somebody of the ilk of Luis Castillo or. Juan Soto. Oh, my goodness. They're a team that's clearing away the best team in the American League, maybe the whole league, and they're, like, pushing that pedal down to the fucking floor. To the floor, because we don't want to leave any stone unturned. We want to win that 28th championship and have that banner and have that parade around the boogie down. Yeah, hey. That's a real good uh, organization to root for, even though I hate them. Hey, Aaron Judge, uh, we're not going to give you the money. Instead, we're going to give it to the Wunderkin Juan Soto. Uh, that's Get out of here. Crazy. Take their 37 home runs elsewhere, dick. All right, Herb, <laughs> would you think uh, this is a good outfield? Um, this is this is a proposed outfield. This is just an outfield that, you know, w- might happen. In right field, I'd put Juan Soto 
In center field, I put Aaron Judge, and then in left field, I put Giancarlo Stanton. Do you think that team would win some games? They will win all the games. Okay. All right. I would just tell them, check. don't ever leave your feet. Just, just <laughs> make sure the balls, if they're hit on the ground, cool. We're going to score 8 million runs. Yeah. Don't worry about the whole defense thing. We'll just hit If the runs. balls are in the air, catch them. Otherwise, we're cool. We're fine. Don't don't even trip. And you Ed- guys got your bats coming up. And Edgar's right. Judge to the White Sox confirmed. It's going to happen. Yes. Um, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Congrats to Minnie Mignoso for being inducted into the 2022 Hall of Fame. We appreciate that. And go look at uh, and go watch uh, Sharon, his wife's uh, induction into uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, she spoke well about Minnie and his time in Chicago. So I think Chicago fans will really appreciate that. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. And a little bit more of that, the guy Sweeney, Trey Sweeney, was close to a cycle when he got pulled. Yeah, I oh. saw he was having a good game. I saw a stolen base in there as well. Damn. Yeah, so he's going. they're he was, going somewhere. I don't know who for, uh, though. He let off that game with a homer. I would I would love for that to break right now. Um, but that's it. that was an hour ago, so I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow Vinny Duber, who joined us from Guaranteed Right Field at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. want to thank Steven Nicholas for his great production, and I want to thank Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. It is a fantastic, fantastic album. I think, honestly, they should put that into the uh, Hall of Fame. We're off tomorrow. We'll see you on Tuesday, 7 p.m. pregame show, and we will have a late-night postgame for you here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Appreciate you. Go White Sox.